This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, October 21st, 2013. I'm Caleb Brown. We are now learning that the NSA has engaged in bulk surveillance of the French and has hacked the email of a former president of Mexico. The implications of this kind of surveillance extend far beyond just politics, says Julian Sanchez, a research fellow at the Cato Institute. The uh, NSA has always said that Americans don't need to worry because uh, there are strong safeguards to protect uh, American communications from being accessed and disseminated without uh, appropriate uh, rationales. Uh, That has not been terribly comforting, of course, to people in the rest of the world. We learned recently, thanks to the latest batch of leaks from uh, former NSA contractor Edward Snowden, that the NSA has been engaged in large-scale spying on uh, our ally France, uh, apparently collecting in the course of a month something on the order of 70 million communications. That's apparently primarily uh, phone uh, phone calls and text messages. Uh, and also that uh, during the administration of former Mexican President uh, Felipe Calderon, uh, the NSA was able through a, a targeted operation to compromise one of the uh, servers that provided email to both Calderon and many of his cabinet and were able to hack that and access uh, those communications. Apparently, uh, among other things, they were interested in whether uh, Calderon was considering uh, and his successor, uh, Enrique Peña Nieto, uh, may have been considering uh, a change in in stance on the drug war. Um, Certainly Nieto has has, uh, expressed maybe less enthusiasm for an aggressive uh, uh, war on drugs policy. Uh, And, uh, you know, we're unsurprisingly seeing a tremendous backlash in both countries. The uh, U.S. ambassador was called in and uh, explanations were uh, demanded. Uh, I think, you know, here at home we view this, uh, I suppose, a little little less surprise. We think, well, of course, they... uh, you know, are supposed to be spying on other countries. But the scale of it, I think, uh, I mean, if it's true that, that uh, as this report indicated, there were 70 million communications in the course of a month being intercepted in France suggests, uh, again, a kind of vacuum cleaner approach. Uh, and that's when we sort of move from traditional, well, of course, our spy agencies are intercepting the communications of a terror suspect in other countries and uh, perhaps foreign government officials to the sense that there is incredibly large-scale spying uh, without any particular upfront targeting. The idea, of course, being you suck at everything and go through it later. And that's something it turns out the rest of the world is not super comfortable with. Uh, you know, they don't, they, you know, if, if you think Americans uh, are distrustful of their government, uh, you know, see, see about other people uh, around the world, they, they, I think, you know, are even less trustful. And so, um, you know, even less than, than Americans, you know, unwilling to give the benefit of the doubt there. Uh, and, and I think this, this is uh, above and beyond the question of whether it really is appropriate for us to be spying on this many people around the world. If you think, you know, privacy is in some sense a, a basic human right, the fact that uh, people in other countries don't have legal rights under our constitution not to be spied on doesn't really answer the question of whether it's appropriate nevertheless for us to be conducting uh, mass surveillance on this scale. Um, but, you know, in very 
practical terms, I think uh, it's it's clear that this is starting to have consequences for the United States just in terms of the global backlash. Uh, there was a recent report from the uh, Information Technology and Innovation Foundation that estimated that the U.S. stands to lose somewhere between 22 and $35 billion just in the next three years as foreign, com- uh, foreign companies and uh, and ordinary users decide that they don't trust American cloud computing services. This is, uh, again, a, um, a, an, an industry sector that uh, should grow to the hundreds of billions of dollars uh, in coming years. And so if 10% of uh, you know, foreign enterprise customers uh, think, well, we don't want to subject ourselves to uh, surveillance in a system where, where the American government has acknowledged we have basically no rights, uh, you know, that, that's potentially consequential. We've seen Brazil now proposing legislation that would require Google to uh, maintain servers there so that uh, you know, user data is hosted in, in Brazil or in you know, other countries and subject to their own data privacy laws and not uh, subject to the easy access by uh, the U.S. authorities. You know, more generally, we know that the NSA has benefited enormously, American intelligence in general has benefited enormously from the fact that uh, global internet communications, even when it's between two foreign countries, often is routed through the United States because we have good internet infrastructure uh, and often the cheapest path for that data to flow is through the U.S. Um, obviously, we have uh, some of the most globally prominent uh, internet platforms and services, Twitter and Facebook and Google. Uh, but none of that is a fact of nature. Um, none of that is written in stone. And so, you know, if other countries decide that either, you know, as a matter of market choice or, or legislation, um, they would prefer not to have their data flowing through the U.S., that's a, a harm to both, uh, you know, our most innovative uh, parts of the economy, but also, uh, you know, to, to, the, to the very intelligence mission these programs are designed to serve. And, you know, we're here is that by uh, overreaching, now that people understand just how voracious NSA has been about gathering this data up, um, they may have compromised, again, both our economic health and their ability to continue uh, that intelligence mission. We know that the NSA has been compromised virtual private networks, which is a backbone of corporate uh, computing. We know that they're collecting hundreds of millions of communications, perhaps on an ongoing basis. And as you say, the the, the first order impact in, in terms of reducing trust is that there are overseas companies that don't necessarily want to do their cloud computing business in the United States, the effects of this have to be broader economically. That's right. And I haven't seen any estimates of what the potential costs could be uh, beyond that. I mean, certainly in in diplomatic terms, uh, I think this is something that threatens to uh, chill relations with all of the countries involved. It certainly uh, chilled relations with Brazil after uh, the president of, of that country canceled a uh, long-planned visit to the United States, uh, and whether more generally uh, this will chill foreign direct investment, other forms of foreign interest in other U.S. technological sectors is, uh, is hard to predict, uh, but uh, it, it seems clear that the impact is likely to be substantial across a number of sectors. 
Julian Sanchez is a research fellow at the Cato Institute. You can read more of his work at Cato.org.